Hey guys, welcome to season two <laughs> of French Basher. Yeah, um, it's the it's the rentrée as they call it here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, I hope everyone I hope had, everyone had a good summer. Great summer. Um, when we started French bashing, things were bleak in France. To be honest, a year ago. What was it about a year ago? We wow. uh, episode one was yeah May twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah. What was going on in May twenty twenty one? Basically, for a year or two of French politics, it seemed like every story sort of revolved around the latest sort of actuelle like dossier, yeah, or sort of front page, or the latest thing that Zemmour said. Yeah. or Dalmanin's latest charade. I know, the first, season one was just depressing. Kind of, <laughs> and sort of grim. It was, it was a chronicle of setback and retreat. Yeah, so it's, it's weird, you know, it's September, start of the year, and, you know, I've got some deja vu. Mm. There's all this, like, Reform de retraite. Yeah. Uh, fucking, you know, all these like strikes and uh, protests sort of planned. You know, Macron, this talk of Macron like put, you know, using this like weird French constitutional sort of rule to like push through laws, which of course. Basically, decree a major reform of the pension system. Yeah. And. It's all a bit, a bit, a bit familiar of this world that is, feels so far away, but actually was only two years ago. Sure. And, you know, I suppose what we're getting at, which is our sort of, you know, the question I suppose we want to discuss today is, you know, is, is the COVID pause over? Right. You know, because, we, you know, you know, we need to remind people and everyone that, France was on a, a, a sort of an ascending arc of social conflict when COVID st- sort of struck, sure, sure. intervened and interrupted it. You know, there was one of the longest strike movements in French history going on. Like, you know, th- that was the year after the Yellow Vests, which was also still kind of going on. There's this, you know, there'd been this wider front of opposition against Macron over this you know, this pension reform system that he's bringing back now, you know, maybe bringing back now or trying to push through. There was also talk about him using the 49-3, this sort of constitutional mechanism, uh, to push it through as right. well. And it, all of that, all of that momentum, whatever would have become of it, was interrupted by COVID. Sure. And then for two years, which was, and, and you know, at some point in that two years, we started French bashing. Yeah. But in, in those two years, it was just, you know, up until very recently politics and political discourse has just been dominated by far-right talking points, basically, you know, and Macron playing with that and using his, like, interior minister to play with that and just, like, you know, the droitisation, as they call it, you know, this sort of, like, really, you know, the rise of Zemmour, like, you know, the the, the apparent, you know, disappearance of the left, the parliamentary left, at the very least. Sure. I mean, if we had started, if we had started recording French bashing, um, and after I sort of make this point, I want to come back to the name French Bastion. Yeah, so yeah. 
give our full definition of why we have it named that way. But basically, we'd started recording this this show in, yeah, in, in December 2019. It, the story would have been much less than sort of it was in the first sort of 12 episodes. Yeah, the, the, the rise of the, the, the right, it would have... Obviously, you had those elements and you had those sorts of... The habitual scandals around someone wearing the veil in such and such a public building yeah, that yeah. then just sort of get blown up through... Uh, sort of the media sphere, but I know there was so much more in the way of sort of counter movements and yeah. sort of counter pressure is also playing. I mean, it's not for nothing that, and it's not for nothing. And I, I sort of I have spent unfortunately a bit too much time last weekend with a lot of people on the national rally in Marine Party. <laughs> Qualify um, that quickly. I guess I yeah I, I, I was down at their like end of summer convention in the south sort of in the southwest. Um, covering covering it, it covering it for, for, for an article. Um, yeah, working out the suspense. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not for not. And it, it, it's I, I think it's it's not necessarily an uh, an anecdote, an anecdotal detail, or an insignificant detail that they rebranded, they changed their name, summer of twenty nineteen, from National Front to the National Rally. I mean, obviously, purely cosmetic. Yeah, but they were feeling a bit destabilized. Summer of twenty nineteen, the after the, the French yeah. right after after the the rise of the yellow vest, which had been won also within the yellow vest by sort of the left wing yeah, contention yeah, about yeah. Um, that had that had somewhat reshuffled the decks. Macron yeah. had to retreat. He was sort of recovering all spring twenty nineteen. As as far as French bashing, maybe in the first season. It was about bashing the right-wing shift in France. Yeah. Now, the other meaning of French bashing is we're studying the French bashing amongst themselves. <laughs> and what we hope is that... Social, social conflict is back, as potentially exactly. back as like a determining factor exactly. in yeah. political discourse. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that's, 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 I suppose, that's the main sort of thing to explore. That's a... Sure, yeah. Um, I, mean, I guess maybe the... the the big sort of debates that are going to occupy things in the coming months. Macron seems like he wants to make sort of the first sort of priority of the government. Reopening, I guess, the subject, reopening um, the retirement reform. This is what, for Macron, this is what he wants he wants to prepare and force a battle on this question. You know, one of the main differences in between this time, two years ago, yeah. now, Macron's weaker. Right. Macron's weaker. He had a majority last time. Now yeah, he, he only has. It, he, now he depends on the you know ostensibly centre right party, the LR, uh, the Les Républicains, to get the votes that he needs. What's going on right now is Macron sending out these feelers so that he can maybe gauge whether he'll be able to kind of power move the LRs who could vote against you know I, on so i suppose there's, we have to get a little bit technical at this point because mm-hmm. the lrs would vote against macron for a certain law sure in mm-hmm. parliament but what macron's proposing is to 493 which is mm-hmm. the measure that he uh, that has been used and that sort of been threatened to be used in the past and mm-hmm. and, and so on um, which would require them to either vote no confidence in him yeah or kind of vote confidence in him, which is a whole different kind of affair. Yeah, so basically the the 
there's a, and this is, we've been dancing around actually sort of defining head on, but I think to do it just uh, quickly, like the, there's a article 493 in the French constitution says that for all, I guess, finance laws, budgeting laws, mm. um, and one non-finance law per parliamentary session uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, can be passed by, yeah, sort of 49.3 of the French Constitution, which allows the government to decree the law and makes it such that the only way the law will not enter into effect is that the parliament, the National Assembly, votes no confidence. Mm-hmm. So basically, with the with the Republicans, it puts them in a position where they don't have to vote the law for it to pass sort of the normal procedure, yeah. which is what many people in Macron's coalition actually want him to do. Yeah. They want him to sort of actually accept the process of negotiating with the Republicans yeah. and just do it in good form. Yeah. Um, and instead, it asks them to do sort of a, a passive opposition in the way that they don't vote for it. Yeah. They don't vote against it. Yeah. But more importantly, they don't go out of their way to vote no confidence yeah, in the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a very, it's a, it's a kind of a tricky game of like... And also I suppose what needs to be added, some more context, is that the Garde Neuf Trois is usually considered a sign of weakness, of admission of weakness, mm. um, uh, because it means that you know that you can't get it through Parliament. Yeah. I mean, so you're admitting that you can't get it through Parliament. And, <coughs> you know, the Macron, like you say, Macron seems to be wanting to force a fight potentially so at least on the one hand he wants to kind of force the hand of the lrs to remain in his block you know to sort of power move them into sort of doing what he wants and um which on the one hand is not hard because retirement reform they have basically the exact yeah yeah exactly the exact same retirement reform um and also potentially he wants to force a fight with the social movement and so on uh, that will arise and, you know, the strikes and so on that are already planned, you know, yeah. in relation to what's projected. Um, and so I guess maybe his calculation is, look, and this is, you know, this brings us to the social movements and to the social conflict arc that we're sort of was interrupted and that we may be back in again, um, is uh, he's probably calculating... If those social movements are coming, they probably are coming. Cost of living crisis is just only going to make things worse. There's no right, reason right. to think that they're not going to sort of start up again, right? I mean, it's France after all, you know. And he's thinking this is when they're going to be their weakest. Yeah. Right after the sort of COVID, like, sort of sedative yeah. uh, has been kind of uh, removed, you know, they haven't got their strength up yet, quite yet, perhaps. He's, you know, maybe that's his calculation. I don't know. And you also don't know what the fuck are you thinking. Yeah. Because I, there's yeah. also a cost of living crisis. Uh, that's the thing. It's economic, like... Economic activity is slowing it's, it's down. It's like you were saying um, earlier when we were talking before, before we started recording. And you were like, there is always a part of Macron's calculation, which is... I am Superman. <laughs> and so, like, there is an element of this that he's just thinking, like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to, like, do it, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, what you, what you were saying about, what you were saying just now about the Count of Trois as sort of an admission of, of weakness. Um, I used to think back to sort of the last sort of major moment when the Count of Trois was used. Um, this was when the Socialist Party had a majority. They had a they had a 
a solid, much stronger majority than what Macron has now. With the allies, yeah. Um, and they had to use the Calvin of Trois to discipline members of their own party, party who were getting worried about a labor law reform. Yeah, yeah in, which in was very unpopular. Macron, I guess, technically speaking, obviously, Hollande's last years was really grim, if you were yeah, so... Yeah. He was in a horrible political position. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, just mathematically, Macron, in Macron's coalition in Parliament, is weaker than the socialist majority at that period. When they have to do it. And this is something, actually, this is something that one of the, the RN people that I was, one of the RN deputies that I was speaking with last weekend said, I mean, the Calum of Trois is for taming your own party yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. not for taming an opposition party yeah, 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 yeah. even i mean however close you actually are yeah. with the opposition force name in this case well, it's a sign that you're right. weak in your own block but it's yeah. even riskier what he is what he would sort of be trying to pull oh because he's disciplining another party because he's trying and yeah, that's it, uncommon even though in many you know i suppose we should we should have maybe started with this but you know the big take from the presidential and then parliamentary elections from last year, which we covered in previous episodes, is that there's a sort of tripolar sort of thing in politics where sure. there's, you know, Macron's the centre, uh, there's now there's the noop, that's the whole left together, and then you have the right, which is, you know, usually includes the traditional right and obviously the far right, but the traditional right is a bit of a pivot now and is, you know ultimately kind of to be included uh for the time being at least in in into macron's sort of center block mm. i guess the point is is that the left i suppose starting this year the left is unified formally the center is uh can hold power can hold a majority with the center right as well and the right on the whole is divided uh, and that's sort of, you know, just the, the terrain. And I, I suppose to come to the most powerful or the, the largest parliamentary right-wing group now uh, since the parliamentary elections, which is the far right, yeah, yeah. the RN, you know, the way that the, the, this new situation now where the sort of ascending arc of social conflict may be starting mm. again mm. or continuing or whatever uh, the way that affects them is well badly uh, obviously well, they're worried they're they're they're, they're worried, worried about. About i mean it, you yeah. so i mean yeah i mean I, do you want to do you want to tell sure, some yeah. anecdotes or I give mean, some juicy little morsels i mean yeah in sort of <laughs> le pen's take and she she said this to a crowd of journalists was no politics the, the real political battle is in is in the national assembly and it has mm. to stay there i mean they what they're worried about is that I guess the quote-unquote public debate in France could get off of sort of television studios, outside mm. of television studios, yeah, outside yeah, yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess, parliamentary questions when you just have these deputies who are just giving their sort of yeah. little spiel or whatever, and then everyone just sort of yeah. finishes their day. What they're worried about is that people are organizing and that people are on the streets, and then that creates a dynamic that they're less, or they're not at all in control of or yeah. have absolutely no anchorage in. Yeah. That's what they're... they're well, the whole, I said the whole thing, their whole new position now is that they've been legitimised by, you know, electorally. Mm. Um, 
and have been accepted into the sort of parliamentary institutions. They have a number of sort of posts. Yeah, official posts in the assembly and so on. And the way they see it, they need to win more sort of middle class votes, more bourgeois votes. And, you know, they need to be seen as a legitimate political party. Yeah, a governing party. Uh, And a governing party, exactly. And, you know, this is... And last time with the social movements, you know, we mentioned this earlier, with the, so, you know, the social movements really disturbed their shit, you know, especially the Yellow Vests, because at the end of the day, the thing with the RN is that their own, their influence in many ways is sort of consubstantial with their ability to claim that they're speaking for French working class people, you know, uh, parentheses, white, you know, working class people, uh, but whenever there's a uh, confrontation in between labour and capital, you know, whenever there's a social movement, mm. the RN are obviously systematically against the social movement. You know, even the Gilets Jaunes was the closest thing that they could have imagined that they might have been able to sort of benefit from. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, the left, uh, the left took... <clears throat> It, it, within, you know, the left currents of the Gilets Jaunes became the Gilets Jaunes, you know, mm. became the sort of, you know, uh, orientation of the <coughs> movement. And so the question with the RN is, you know, they're calculating to what, ha- you know, how are these social movements going to destabilise our sort of ascending, pro- you know, trajectory of, of, uh, of, of uh, mm. legitimization, basically, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, they 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 would count the they would vote no confidence if Macron goes count of trois. Um, yeah, I think they would. But on the contrary, they want nothing more. I think than to get a a law, a, a sort of a bill that sure the the Macronists propose that they get a few sort of big amendments in it, mm. whether it's on immigration, mm. a security bill, sort of for the interior ministry. Darmanin is putting forward a new immigration mm-hmm. reform. Mm-hmm. Um, cost of living, they would surely love to sort of cut some cotisation with the Macronists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They would love to sort of put their name maybe on a nuclear energy sort of projet de loi or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the Macronists. Yeah. Um, so there, they they see also a room for maneuver for them. Yeah. Within then, sort of the current parliament, yeah, of course, um, of course, and they want to keep it there. Yeah, and yeah. if there are social movements, it's going to sort of render incoherent some of their discourse, and it, it, you know, it takes it takes sort of the agenda setting capacity of parliamentary politics out mm. of that arena. They haven't necessarily been dominating the news cycle over the last even three months. It's been. Yeah. It's been <clears throat> climate change, yeah. massive drought, massive heat wave in yeah, France. Yeah, yeah. It's been should fucking billionaires have private jets that they can trounce around Europe with five yeah, times a day? Yeah. Uh, it's what do we do with these massive corporations, whether they're uh, sort of big supermarket chains or energy companies like Total that are enjoying massive profits because of inflation right now. Another sort of kind of factor that a lot of people I think are thinking about is, and we, we discussed this in, I think maybe the intro to either the June or July episode, but the question of, I mean, dissolution and again, sort of the 
how do you position yourself to benefit from that? Is a lot oh, of a lot of, of uh, the National yeah. Assembly. Okay. Is a lot of also what's going on, I think, right now. Oh, you think that 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 sort of last recourse option is really on the table all the time. For the Macronists, they wouldn't want a dissolution of Parliament to look like an unneeded power grab. Mm. That yeah, would they get want. Sanctioned. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, okay. The okay, LL doesn't want to vote no confidence and join the RN and the Noops in a situation where they would probably get clobbered. And also um, agree with the law. So. And also agree with <laughs> There is also that, that they would be somewhat just, their donors or whatever would not be pleased with them voting no confidence because Macron wants to do what they want him to do. Want him to do. Yeah. Um, Macron's strategy is to try and like polarize, to put the RN and Noop in the same basket. The risk for them of dissolution is they could be perceived as blocking what well, yeah. so with, is a consensual So with the strategic law. option of dis- dissolving uh, Parliament, what's probably in Macron's calculations is if he forces a conflict now and there's a kind of destabilisation of Parliament on that basis or whatever, right, you know, he can sort of... Because the left are way more powerful in Parliament, you know, there could, you know, there could be a sort of... And at that point, he could he could sort of, you know, do a sort of Boris Johnson in 2019, kind of like forced to this point of frustration with impasse and then dissolve parliament, elections, maybe get more people vote for him because, you know, they think that, you know, they just want to get it done. But the thing is, that calculation, I don't think works because like, what, in the space of a few months? No, I mean, it's... Six months. You know, I don't think it's year, like imminent, but fatigue it, is not going to take place. Like you know, it's not going to happen. Public fatigue with an issue is right. not going to happen. You know, in in a short time frame like that. You know. Sure. I mean, Macron's long term concern is. I mean, he he's there for five years. Mm. Um, oh, he, the longer he waits, he's just deferring it. He's he's less and less in control of, of the political game. The longer he waits in his second term, I mean, he's just approaching sort yeah. of lame duck status. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's sort of a, there's kind of a ticking, a ticking clock on him. Uh, yeah. um, but I guess for the left, I mean, we've, we've been sort of getting to this throughout, I think, but... It's always potentially beneficial to the left, to the parliamentary left, when there are social mobilizations and social conflicts that they can sort of channel mm. and, and, and so on and try and sort of um, give expression to in the arena of parliament. And the main difference, I suppose, now and between now and two years ago is that the left is significantly more powerful mm. in parliament, you know, maybe eight times larger. Uh, actually, no, not, not if you add everything together, but it, it nor, you know, there's, a hun- there's more or less about 150 right. noob parliamentarians now and before in 2019 uh there was what 17 was it well 17 lfe lfe and then and then you had beers a few communists but they were all divided and hated each other apparently and now you know they're in the same formation there's this sort of the possibility of further kind of multipolar articulation of all these parties Mm, mm, mm. 
And so the left, on the whole, are in a strong position for when social movements kind of pick up. And then to, to talk a bit more concretely right now, the sort of the story is, is that, you know, there's all these protests planned and all these strikes planned and, you know, there hasn't... Well, there's all these, there's a lot of talk Well, for attempting to settle on specific dates On a calendar, on a calendar, yeah. And the problem, and, and, and there, there isn't, a consensus isn't being reached around what, you know, in what way to do a unified demonstration right. or whatever, whatever, whatever. Now this is, you know, it's it's something that, as you say, the initial reaction might be dismay. Oh my God, the left are just constantly divided. Why can't they do anything together? Blah 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 blah. They not learned any lessons. But the truth is, is that, you know, probably, you know, like you say, it's a you know it's a live issue, and Macron hasn't made any decisions yet, and so. For everyone to get in in the same, you know, for the unions to get in the same boat as the as the noop and all that, you know, strategic tactically isn't necessarily the best idea right now, um, and that you know they don't the unions don't necessarily want to be perceived as like you know, Mélenchon sort of Lackings, kind of proxies, yeah. Yeah. you know, and but eventually, like let's say things do get started up again, you know, the unions and the social movements are going to need. Uh, the part of the left that's in parliament to do their job mm. and the part of the left in parliament can only do their job with more power if the movements and the unions mm. do mm. what they do and that there can be a relationship around that you know and I think that ultimately it the reason it didn't happen in the past were one I think the main reason other than like you know probably like personal animosities and like suspicions and all sorts of stuff was because everyone was weak you know, everyone was weak. And now there's a more of a kind of, how should you say, the, the movements and the unions and so on didn't necessarily need La France Insoumise because La France who, what can they do in Parliament anyway, you know? But now you've got 150 MPs in Parliament that could maybe get some shit done, potentially. And that's, you know, so there's a more of a sort of objective shared interest now that there's... A stronger parliamentary left and I suppose it's yet to be seen you know we were talking about this earlier it's yet to be seen whether the movements and the and the, and the trade unions and, and so on um, that will be you know going into this new conjuncture maybe new post-covid conjuncture now did those two years of sort of covid pause make them less you know able to organize less articulated are they are they better organized now? Do they have a better plan? Do they give them time to think, or are they just disarticulated? Are they demoralized, or are they sort of like galvanized? You mm. know, um, and I suppose we'll see that play out over the next sort of few months, probably. Yeah, I guess two points. First, I guess one on the one on the parties, one on the Noops Alliance, and the second on on the unions. First, I guess there's obviously been a. a pretty impressive over the last few months since since whenever the alliance was agreed on was it late april or may there's a, pr a pretty impressive it's been a i mean degree of momentum. coherence and yeah. you've had a few sort of ruffles and a few sort of rifts um you have sort of the I mean, the, the communist party secretary general sort of pissed off a lot of people by by saying sort of oh we don't want to be sort of 
the welfareist left we need yeah, to be yeah, so, yeah. so the and working classes left. are against sort of handouts and whatnot uh, which i don't know set off sort of a week of sort of twitter bashing and yeah, whatnot. yeah yeah um yeah. But I mean, it's kind of coming down over the next few months. You have leadership contests in the Socialist Party um, mm-hmm. where you're going to have, you have sort of a wing of the party that wants to elect an anti-Mélenchon, anti-Nupes figure. Uh, the Greens have a leadership contest. I think I think the, the real question is, is are the movements going to be able to become the determining factor of how all that stuff's going to break newly you know mm. like how the sort of lr macron thing is going to break how the rn thing's going to break how the nuke thing's going to break you know and you know i suppose we're feeling re- somewhat hopeful you know that the next year is going to be marked by us you know uh, yeah a a a, a pickup of the ascendant arc mm. of social conflict and struggle that COVID interrupted, I guess. It's... I guess one more thing about the unions, uh, and this is sort of why for Macron it so, seems so risky for him to mm-hmm. actually go the, the, the decree mm-hmm. route for something yeah. like the retirement reforms. Yeah. That the CFDT, like, have been so sort of, they've made it clear that they're willing to sort of talk with Macron. They, they don't want to go necessarily with all the other unions, I mean, the safety today being sort of the center, sort of the centrist Macron sort of. Well, the, yeah, it was the, it was union. historically the union associated to the Socialist Party. Um, yeah. and they, if Macron goes to the crew route, they are going to join a broad strike movement. Well, so um, yeah, I suppose this is, and this is going back to the actual sort of December twenty nineteen moments, the last time Macron tried to reform the retirement system. Well, yeah, the the movement started to weaken when. The safety day pulled out. That was really there was that was when there was sort of a shift, yeah, and, yeah. and the, sort of the mobilization started to, yeah. to fissure a bit. Um, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think that what's weird, so Macron's move is like it's a high risk move, you know, because the movement against the réforme de retraite really was the most kind of I think probably the the biggest threat on the whole to him you know like more than the gilets jaunes because it public opinion was so against the réforme de retraite and all these sectors were on strike i mean so yeah i suppose we'll end on that is what's the difference of if he does or doesn't go for it because if he doesn't go for it the movements are gonna start up but they're gonna take a bit longer and it really depends on what the sort of negotiation I, process is like. I mean, and the from reports I've read in the meetings that you had between members of the government and the unions. So these are the sort of the, these are the events where the Macronists sort of try to put forward the fact that they're negotiating with the social partners and they're yeah, doing yeah, sort yeah. of the due diligence. All the reports that I've read have been like, oh, they treated us like babies. They yeah, said yeah. what they're going to do. They said sort of... So either way, it, it, yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like the, the sort of negotiated route would be short. But also, I suppose, another question is the polarization that it would produce around yeah. the réforme de retraite. Ultimately, I think that's a much better polarization than around some other law that Macron could do. You know, because one of the things that Macron can do is, you know, put strategically put forward laws which p- 
polarize opinion, you know, and he could do, I don't know, uh, something that's way less propitious to the left than la réforme de retraite, you know. Mm. That's fucking pensions, man. That affects everyone. Keep your eye on this uh, pension reform yeah. situation. So yeah, uh, thanks for. Sorry, you were. No, 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 no. I, I could have. I would have probably rambled on for another like, five or ten minutes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Thanks for listening to this rentrée twenty twenty two episode. We also hope it's not just the rentrée, but it's also the end of the COVID sort of morass yeah. in France. Yeah, back to school. You know? Yeah, back to school. Yeah. Uh, what's different? What's the same? Gotta and get also... your notebooks. <laughs> yeah, gotta, yeah. gotta get your backpack. Uniform. <laughs> The Brits out there, <laughs> and but we got some good stuff charged up uh, for the next yeah, couple yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And At some point, we're gonna do a sort of doorstopper episode on an ex. I'm trying to use less insanity, massive superlatives, superlatives, but on a very good book, which <laughs> <laughs> um, is basically a history of. It's a sort of comparative history of all the experiences of left-wing government in France. Yeah. Of sort of the left in power. Yeah. Bon. Um. All right. Well. Um. Thanks for thanks for listening. Uh,